Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash. From time to time, we have AMA episodes on the show. That is, ask me anything. If you have a question you think is going to be of broad interest, send it in. I'll answer it live on the air. Send your questions to Victor at VictorJM.com. That's Victor at VictorJM.com. On today's show, we're talking about how to look at a property through the lens of a developer. So often, when I talk to the seller of a property, they will tell me about the zoning of the property and how the property has so much potential. Sometimes they will tell me what's possible with a zoning change. Some have even gone so far as to tell me what another property sold for that was approved for a 20-story apartment building. Somehow, that's supposed to justify their asking price. The value of a development property is based on what you can actually build on it, not what you might dream of building or what you might want to build or even what the city might approve in a decade from now. My first question is where will the parking be located and how many spaces are possible? That will ultimately determine the density and the number of dwelling units that are possible. Some areas will allow for one parking spot per unit. Others want more. If the property has a mixed-use component, you need to factor in parking for the commercial elements. Some downtown projects that are close to public transportation will sometimes allow for less than one parking space per unit. I always want to supply at least one space per unit. Zoning is all well and good, but the market wants parking. In a market downturn, I want to eliminate the fundamental objections that a prospective resident might have. Let the vacancy go to the properties that lack parking, or the ones that lack modern amenities. The second thing I look at is access. Where will the cars and pedestrians access the property, and does the flow actually work? Is there an existing curb cut in the sidewalk, or will we need to apply for one? The third thing I look at is the overall dimensions of the property, including the setback requirements and the height restrictions. The other restriction is the floor area ratio. If your floor area ratio is, say for example, three, and the building is going to cover 100% of the land, then you'll only be able to build three stories. If the building covers 50% of the property, then with that same floor area ratio of three, you would get six stories, subject, of course, to any other restrictions. Sometimes, a larger property doesn't translate into a larger building. You see, an apartment has a certain natural dimension. It would be rare to design an apartment that's longer than about 35 or 40 feet in any one direction. If you want two apartments separated by a hallway, the ideal dimension for the width of the building is around 75 or 80 feet. If the property is too wide or too deep in that dimension, you simply won't be able to make a larger building. The other end of the spectrum, there are properties that are too small to make an apartment building. I recently had a conversation with a seller who had a property that was 70 feet deep. The property is backing on a residential area, and therefore it needs a 25-foot setback to the rear. That leaves 45 feet for the building, and if you subtract 20 feet for the parking entrance to the underground parking, you're left with 25 feet on the ground floor. The seller didn't seem to understand that in order to have any useful area to build the building, his property would need to be combined with one of the neighboring properties. By itself, it was almost useless. Some properties are restricted by the size of shadow they can cast on the neighboring properties. In that case, a shadow study might be required to prove you won't be adversely affecting the neighbors. When you look at a property that has development potential, understanding the true scope of its potential is an exercise in understanding the constraints. Are all the utilities available at the property line? Is there an overhead electrical transmission line that you're going to have to work around? The key is to work with an urban planner or an architect who specializes in the type of building you have in mind. When you're talking to the right person, you're going to know it instantly. 
they'll be looking at the project through the lens of a developer to understand the constraints and clearly know the limits on the development potential. If you're going to work to get the entitlements on the property, then it's you as the buyer who are creating the value. The seller gets no part of the value increase because they didn't do the work to create the value. As you think about that, look at any new development property through the lens of a developer. Have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.